Duke's mail. Do you get it? Because only the ones that get it really get it. Your friends get it. Your mom gets it. Your grandma gets it. Your neighbors get it. Sometimes a dog gets it. Get out of there. What else? Uh, your potato salads get it. BLTs get it. Tailgates get it. And restaurants get it, too. By now, even you probably get it. So get it today. Made without any sugar since 1917, Duke's is that little southern something that makes good things better. Get Duke's. It's got twang. Hey, it's Aaron. First of all, thank you so much for downloading Beer Guys Radio and giving us a listen. Hope you enjoy it and hope you subscribe. Now, there's a couple of things that I'm going to ask you to do. Now, first of all, if you're not fans of us on Facebook or Twitter, please go and do that. Uh, at Beer Guys Radio, of course, on Twitter is our handle. Also, since you're downloading this, go to wherever you downloaded it, iTunes, Stitcher, wherever. Leave a review. Give us some stars and tell people how you like the show because the more people do that, the more our rankings go and the more people are able to see it and we're able to grow. So thank you so much for downloading. Hope you guys enjoy it and uh, we got a good show for you coming up. This, by the way, is sponsored by Atlanta Brew Box, which is the experience of Georgia Craft Breweries. With every box, head to BeerGuysRadio.com and uh, click that link that's on the right-hand side. Again, thanks so much for downloading, and we'll talk to you later. Proudly broadcasting from the AM920 studios in Buckhead, Atlanta, it's the Beer Guys Radio Show, the only radio show in the South dedicated to art, science, and enjoyment of craft beer. Now, here are your hosts, Tim Dennis and Aaron Williams. Hey, it's the Beer Guys Radio Show. They let us back for a second show. Can you How believe that, that, Tim? Good stuff. That's awesome. Two in a row. We're, Two. On a, we're on a roll here. We're on a roll. I'm Aaron Williams. I am Tim Dennis. And uh, you can reach us on social media, beerguysradio.com. Of course, we're at Beer Guys Radio. And on Twitter and on the Facebook, 678-8618-ALE is our phone number. Today on the show, we're going to get a little serious, crazy uh, enough as that seems. It is the state of brewing in Georgia. Uh, there are some serious issues with folks uh, in Georgia about the craft brewing industry, and uh, we are going to talk to Nancy Palmer from the Georgia Craft Brewers Guild about the upcoming legislative session that starts next week and uh, how they plan on freeing Georgia's beer makers from the grip of onerous, and I can say that, onerous regulations uh, from the government. It is serious, absolutely. I'm a little bit uh, peeved about that. Also, uh, we're going to have a little bit of fun, of course, talking to Matt Leff about a brand new event coming to Atlanta, Nui Belge, and how you can win tickets. Uh, You can also go to BeerGuysRadio.com, buy tickets, and use promo code BGR and uh, get a nice discount as well. You know what else I think we need to do this week, Aaron? I think we need to drink some beers. So I think we can do that. We've got a couple featured beers. Our beer of the week this week feature is uh, sponsored by Truck and Tap in downtown Woodstock. Check them out at truckandtap.com. So, uh, Aaron, what's your selection for us this week? Well, I'll tell you what. I have, I'm not as fancy as yours because I know what yours is, but uh, I wanted to give some uh, props to the south side, to the folks uh, across the state of Georgia. Craft brewing, of course, the big center of it is here in Atlanta. But we do craft brewing across the entire state. So I uh, cracked open a southbound Moonlight Dry from Southbound Brewing Company in Savannah. Uh, it's an imperial coffee stout. It's brewed with some local coffee that's roasted down there in the Savannah area. About an 8% ABV, 70 IBU with some Magnum and Sterling hops. So I'm excited to crack that open and uh, taste it, see how, we, see how it goes. Well, I've got something special for us yes, this week, Aaron. So I appreciate that. What I brought to tie in with our show, we're talking about the state of beer in Georgia, the beer laws. SB 63 that passed this year mm-hmm. went into effect July 1st, and Burnt Hickory Brewery in Kennesaw had a midnight uh, beer release party. They Excellent. sold, uh, excuse me, 
They sold some tours. They sold some tours. Some they didn't sell souvenir some beers, beers there. Yes. Okay. And uh, we had a few options of seller beers for uh, vintage beers for the selection. So what I brought today is a 2014 Killdozer, which is a barrel-aged barley wine from them. That's what I'm talking about. And I purchased this at midnight on July 1st when SB 63 went into effect, when breweries could do that and were able to enjoy for a brief time yes. a little bit more freedom. Exactly. I'm really looking forward to cracking that open. That's uh, going to be a lot of fun. Now, the, over the past week, we, of course, sampled some of our own fair share of we beers. Did. Tell me about what uh, what you drank this week. I uh, went to a bottle share last weekend, enjoyed some bottles with some friends, some excellent stuff there, but a couple highlights of that one. I had a Hardywood Bourbon Barrel Gingerbread Stout. Oh, I'm envious. It's an excellent beer. First time I tried it. I'd had the Gingerbread Stout before. Really good uh, Bourbon Barrel. I'm I'm always a fan of barrel aged beers, and Absolutely. this one was no exception. Also had a beer a beer from El Apothecary called the beer formerly known as Latosh. Okay, and this was a special version with strawberry in it. One that they did just for uh, their society members. There, excellent sour beer. Very good. And then, uh, Aaron, we both, I believe, had this when we uh, met up at Monday night and tried their Cinnamon Cocoa Drafty Kilt. Yeah, and that was... And that was excellent. Nice cinnamon oats, good cocoa. It's got a excellent smoky uh, scotch ale uh, yeah. base there. Very good beer. You know, one of their clip-on series, of course, they'll, they'll release clip-on series for, for different releases throughout the year. It's my favorite one they've had so far. Uh, yeah, really. I'm a bi- I was a big fan. I like the... Uh, the Drafty Kilt, the base beer, the bourbon barrel is mm-hmm. excellent. This is a great addition to the series. Absolutely. Now, uh, speaking of beers that I drank, I had another one. I had an oldie but goodie. Uh, an O'Dempsey's Your Black Heart Russian Imperial Stout. I know uh, it's been around for a little while. Um, it's the first time I've had it, but I tell you what, 8% ABV. It's got tons of molasses flavor, and it's absolutely delicious. So if you haven't had the O'Dempsey's or you, if you haven't had it in a while, I would highly recommend you come back to it and to taste it. It was it was really, really delicious, again, with that nice it was almost like a dark sugar, a molasses-y taste to it. It was, it was really good. Yeah, I like that one a lot. Sometimes it seems to get passed over when talking about some of the you know, top beers in Atlanta, mm-hmm. but it's just a really good uh, Russian Imperial Stout. Excellent beer. Yeah, absolutely. Now, speaking of beers that are uh, happening here in Georgia, we've got some news events to talk about. First of all, uh, Gate City. Gate City up in Roswell, uh, certainly a much-anticipated opening. They've had uh, their uh, beers on tap and on Growler for a little while. Uh, But now they are officially completed all licensing and inspections for the brewery. They've uh, got their uh, business license, and they've been cleared to do business in Roswell and the state of Georgia. So it looks like uh, they are going to start opening around February to the public with about two to four beers. They're working, of course, a very small startup operation. They're trying to get all their beers in order and uh, ready to go. So another addition, it looks like, uh, to the uh, beer lineup here in the state of Georgia. Have you been by their location there in Roswell yet? I I have not, situated. So right there uh, in the uh, the old Roswell area, they're Mm -hmm. they're just at the edge of it. Excellent foot traffic. I think it's going to be a great addition to the area there. Very walkable yeah. in that area. So I know what you're talking about. It's a cool little part of town, yeah. so that'll be nice. So Speaking of uh, things that are advancing here in Georgia beer, Foothills Brewing. It's not a Georgia-based beer. It is based up in uh, Winston-Salem, North Carolina, although the uh, founder and the brewmaster, Jamie Bartholomew, is a UGA grad. Uh, he is starting, or they are starting distribution into the Georgia area very soon. Uh, it was founded, They'll actually be doing launch events throughout right. this week. That's right. So and we'll you, cover that a little bit more but they're they're coming to Georgia very soon. Exactly. And they've got a $2 million. They've just invested in a production brewery. They've increased their capacity to 70,000 barrels. They've actually been named one of the fastest-growing companies in the triad area up there in Winston-Salem. And uh, really, really uh, fast-growing uh, a brewery and brew pub, because you can have both of them apparently up in North Carolina. 
And one of their that more doesn't po- sound safe. No, it doesn't. That, I think it sounds a little thing. bit silly. And, uh, you know, of course, we'll get into that uh, here in the next couple of segments about the laws here in Georgia. But, uh, you know, Foothills, Wicked Weed, there's some others in North Carolina just starting to make some inroads here in Georgia. What do you think about that? I think it's great. It's good to get more options here. A lot of people go up to, you know, Raleigh, Asheville, different locations, enjoy those Carolina breweries. And uh, it's good to see them here. You know, I love my local beer. Yep. But I also love having options. Yeah. And, uh, uh, Foothills makes a beer that's very popular, very nice stout called Sexual Chocolate. Yeah. They're going to be bringing that our way. All so right. it'll be great to see them here. Uh, great addition. Absolutely. And speaking of North Carolina beers, we've got another one, Burial Beer. They're opening up their second brewery. They're out of Asheville. They are going to have a, a brewery and a tasting room. Another interesting thing that probably will cause chaos if we have a tasting room here in uh, Georgia at a, at a brewery, but uh, I digress. And they'll also eventually include a restaurant, according to the company's uh, owners, too. $1.8 million investment. Burial will hire 17 new employees. That would be nice. And uh, will increase its sales area by shipping beer into Georgia and then into South Carolina and also in this article that I read uh, here from uh, Gannett uh, up in South Carolina, they've got New Belgium Brewing in the area, uh, testing equipment at its $140 million West Asheville Brewery looks to be turning out beer for sale early this year. So investments and uh, opportunity and growth in uh, our neighbors to the north. Absolutely. Speaking of South Carolina, yes. some big news out of there that as we look at changing our laws and to improve economic impact and jobs, over the last couple of years, uh, since 2013, South Carolina has actually passed uh, two laws, one they call the Stone Law and the Pint Law, to improve conditions there for brewers. Uh, recent studies show that the impact of those law changes brought 140 additional jobs and $14 million in revenue to the state. That's just in the last two years since the passage of those laws. Yeah. So it's, uh, you know, there's data out there that shows this. This does make a difference. Mm -hmm. Jobs and money. Jobs and money are always good. And, of course, we'll be talking to Nancy Palmer from the Georgia Craft Brewers Guild about that uh, here in the next segment. Uh, Sort of sad news, I guess maybe a hail and farewell, as they say in the military, here out of uh, Seattle. After 37 years, Charlie Papazian... I hope I pronounced that correct. I believe believe it's correct. I believe it's Charlie Papazian. He is stepping down as the president of the Brewers Association, and he's been in that role for 37 years, so uh, quite a legacy that he'll be leaving. There's very few people, I would say no one that's into brewing, whether it's home brewing uh, or commercial brewing, that has not heard of and is familiar with Charlie Papazian. Very instrumental from the 70s when home brewing became legal in the United States. To, uh, to to modern day, founded GABF, uh, Great American Beer Fest, uh, author of the book uh, The Complete Joy of Homebrewing, which is kind of a homebrewer's Bible. Uh, any homebrewer has been recommended that book, and he coined the phrase, relax, don't worry, have a homebrew. I like that. And that's kind of become a mantra to the new brewers who are just so nervous that they've messed up their beer. Mm-hmm. That's, you know, you tell them, just relax, don't worry, yeah. have a homebrew. So it's a, it's a good attitude, and he's served us very well, very, very critical uh, important person in uh, craft beer movement in America. He will be missed, but I guess uh, it's a well-deserved retirement for him, and I'm sure he'll enjoy many home brews himself. Now and they that. did say he will still still be involved. Okay, so he's good. still going to be around, even yeah. though he's stepping down. And, uh, you know, just a great man to have in the industry. Absolutely. And uh, finally, for this new segment, I've got a good... Uh, revelation for folks who are trying to maybe cut a little bit of weight and uh, do their New Year's resolution this year. Uh, according to an article in CNN, I just found 
beer or any alcohol for that matter when consumed in moderation that might be the most important thing of the of the article may be a brilliant motivator to help keep people working out several studies have found that people who drink moderate, moderately tend to exercise a little bit more than folks who abstain and in this article they actually had somebody who uh, has exercise classes at the brewery which is something that some other breweries do around the area i know mm-hmm. Ref- reformation uh, does that see uh, a lot of beer and yoga around exactly. so I, I see i know that you're there a lot for the beer and yoga I do. I'm, yeah. I'm very active in You're yoga. Very, that's, anyway, the music means Marquise is telling us it is time to go. Super producer Marquise behind the wheels of steel. We'll be back with the Beer Guys Radio Show, and we'll be talking to Nancy Palmer from the Georgia Craft Brewers Guild about the upcoming legislative session. You're listening to the Beer Guys Radio Show. Keep it tuned. Want more Beer Guys? Follow Tim and Aaron on Twitter at Beer Guys Radio, Facebook, Instagram, and online, BeerGuysRadio.com. The Beer Guys are back after this. The Beer Guys here, and we love beer, obviously. One of our favorites, Belgians. Nuit Belge was one of Nashville's biggest beer events last year, and now it's coming to Atlanta, January 23rd at the Foundry at Puritan Mill downtown. Get ready to sample some unique Belgian and Belgian-inspired beers right alongside some of the area's best local chefs for a unique upscale beer and food pairing. VIP tickets are already sold out, sorry, and other tickets are going fast. Be sure to reserve your seat today, but use the promo code BGR, and that's going to give you $30 off your ticket. Head to nuibelge.com slash Atlanta for tickets and details. That's N-U-I-T-B-E-L-G-E dot com slash Atlanta. And don't forget to use promo code BGR for $30 off. Welcome back to the Beer Guys Radio Show. Welcome back. You are listening to Beer Guys Radio. We are now speaking with Nancy Palmer. Nancy is the executive director of the Georgia Craft Brewers Guild, and uh, she's going to talk to us about uh, Georgia beer laws today. Hey guys, how you doing? To... Oh, hey, we're doing great, Nancy. Uh, thanks for coming by and uh, speaking with us on uh, the Beer Guys Radio Show. Now, legislative session starts next week, a Tuesday to be precise. Tell us a little bit about where we stand right now when it comes to our local brewers, brew pubs, and uh, the Georgia law. Well, uh, you know, we, we worked with the legislature last year to to get something done for our breweries and our brew pubs. But uh, unfortunately, we had a we had a bit of a run-in with a regulatory agency in between. So we're, we're going back to the legislature to talk about it. I'll tell you, where we are in Georgia beer law right now, Georgia breweries kind of can't do many of the things that you would imagine a business in Georgia would be allowed to do. For example, a Georgia brewery can't sell you a beer. A Georgia brewery can't sell a bar a beer. A Georgia brewery, you know, can't uh, choose to move around from wholesaler to wholesaler depending on the price or the service they get. Honestly, there's a lot of restrictions on even whether or not a brewery can uh, advertise in Georgia and how they can advertise. From what there's I a understand, a lot of things the breweries can't do in Georgia that you think that they should be able to do. Now that advertising, Nancy, that actually goes pretty deep to where if someone even says to them, say on Twitter, "Where can I pick up your beer?" They're not allowed to answer that. Correct. Right. I mean, the advertising issue has to do with um, it's important in the state of Georgia, as far as as far as the law is concerned, that a manufacturer doesn't unduly influence a retailer. And so one of the ways we make sure that that doesn't happen is we say that that manufacturers can't give gifts or things of value to retailers. And that's what keeps, you know, 
someone like Budweiser from buying, you know, some kind of $10,000 piece of equipment for a, whole, a bar, and then that bar only pours Budweiser. That's what it's meant to prevent. But when we start talking about these advertising issues, um, we're, we're prohibiting kind of everything that even looks like maybe it could possibly be a thing of value from a business of any size to a business of any size, which would include something like a tweet, right? So if a brewer recommended to somebody on a, on Facebook, yes, you can, you know, go buy my beer here, that might be a thing of value. And so what we've done is instead of instead of getting rid of the real problem, which would be, you know, really big manufacturers throwing around money to gain favor, we're now hamstringing teeny tiny, you know, manufacturers from saying simple things like where their beer is sold. Yeah, we're talking with Nancy Palmer, the executive director of the Georgia Craft Brewers Guild. Now, Nancy, let's step back just a little bit. Tell us a little bit about the current system that is in place. So it's called a three-tier system, uh, if I am correct, where a brewer cannot directly sell its product to the consumer. It has to go through a middleman or a distributor. Tell us a little bit about how that works. So, yeah, you've got it exactly right. So uh, we've got guys that make beer. You know, those are the guys that I represent. And then there are beer wholesalers. So all the beer that is made by one of my manufacturers then moves to a wholesaler. That wholesaler then moves that beer to a retailer. And a retailer is ultimately who the consumer interacts with. And as it stands right now in Georgia law, there's no mechanism for moving around that system at all, right? There's no way that a manufacturer could have a relationship directly with the consumer or a manufacturer could have a relationship directly with a retailer. It all trickles down, manufacturer to wholesaler to retailer to consumer, and everybody makes a little bit of money along the way. So if you have a manufacturer and across the street from that manufacturer is a restaurant that serves that manufacturer's beer, that beer, even though it's made across the street, has got to drive on a truck to some other place in Georgia, spend some time in a warehouse, get put on another truck and driven right back, you know, a block away from where it was made. And that's a little bit silly. You know, not every state does it that way. No, and that happens, that happens a lot. I've talked to breweries who have bars that carry their beers because they're the neighborhood beer and they have to go all the way across town and back to, to get into the bar. Now, speaking yep. of silly, uh, I did hear of something. I'm doing some research on this. Now, the distributor and the brewery has a unique relationship. Of course, uh, it's something that they, they need, but I am under the impression, or at least this is what I'm reading here, brewers are basically locked into a lifetime contract with distributors, the way the law is worded right now. Uh, is, that, is that basically how it works? Yeah, you know, I, I won't bore you with the, with the technical details. Contract's not exactly the right word. And, and the reason it's not the right word is because the state has intervened in that relationship. It's not a normal business relationship where there's one business who makes something and then they hire somebody to go ship it out to the various places it goes, right? It's a very different type of relationship, and the state is regulating and mandating that relationship. But to your point, basically, they end up being lifetime contracts, not because they're technically contracts the way you think about them, but because the way that a brewer might be able to change their relationship with the wholesaler or even move to a new wholesaler, it effectively ends up being too expensive for a small brewer to bear. It takes too long, they, they make too many enemies, and it ultimately costs too much for them to be able to, to make these changes. You end up with an effective lifetime contract. So, Nancy, with uh, just to kind of recap what we've just talked about here, so essentially the the position that Georgia brewers are in is, first of all, they have one customer and one customer only, their distributor, correct? That's generally how it works out. Now, of course, we have brewers that distribute in multiple states, 
and we have some brewers that work with smaller distributors that only have part of the state versus all of the state. But but ultimately, we've got very many brewers that that just have one customer, and in any given territory in Georgia, they absolutely all have only one customer. Okay, that sounds like that could be a tough position when you've got one person that could uh, kind of control your fate there. Absolutely. So, but yeah, uh, and and what would be really important to our brewers is is to expand that customer base. And, and particularly to expand it to the consumer that wants to visit the brewery itself, right? This is the most important consumer for, for a brewery is if somebody goes out of their way to come and visit your manufacturing facility, they want to see what you do, they want to be where it's made, they want the freshest possible product. And a brewer would, you know, in, in my organization, would love the ability to sell that person a beer, sell that person a six-pack, send them home with something, and be able to build that relationship and marketing. And that's the customer base that our brewers would really love to grow, is the people that come and visit them at the brewery. And uh, now the, the current law, the way it's uh, built now, is that they cannot sell at the brewery directly. So instead, the brewers in the area have to do something a little interesting to get around that, so to speak. Right. And now we're kind of getting into what what was a, a system that was set up last year. And, and the system that was set up, um, you know, we went to the Georgia State Legislature and we asked, can we please sell beer direct to the public, regular old retail sales at breweries and then also at brew pubs, right? Where at a brew pub, you can buy a pint that's made on site. But you can't take a six pack to go or anything packaged to go. And we said, can't both of these businesses just sell you beer like normal businesses that sell alcohol? And, and the Georgia State Legislature, uh, they, they worked very hard, but ultimately, you know, what we got was kind of a watered-down version of that. Brew pubs were kind of left out of the equation, which is very unfortunate. They should be able to sell a six-pack. And then what happened to breweries is you set up a, a system where if you go to a brewery, you can go on a tour of that facility. And if you go on that tour of that facility, then a brewery can offer you some free samples of beer, and they can give you a single free souvenir to go of up to 72 ounces. And, and that's a system that we operated under for about three months and, until we had a bit of regulation come in that that really set us back even further from from even that roundabout system that we had going on for at least a few months there. And Nancy, prior to that July 1st, it had actually been what uh, pre-prohibition since you'd been able to take any beer home from a brewery in Georgia. Is that correct? That's true. Yeah. Prior to uh, July 1st of this year, before we got that that bill signed into law, um, a brewer could offer you some free samples on site, but it was very limited, and there was no way to get beer to go. I'm actually, Nancy, going to open a beer right now to the kind of topical to what we're talking about. I went to uh, Burnt Hickory midnight July 1st uh, when they uh, celebrated SB 63, and as one of my souvenir beers, I took home a 2014 Killdozer. So I thought as we're talking about the laws here, it would be a good time to open up this July 1st beer. Well, that's great. I'll, uh, I'm not going to lie. I'm actually, uh, I've got a glass of Height of Civilization from Wild Heaven nice. in Excellent. front of me. Absolutely. <laughs> well, you know, you've got a, a drink uh, while, while you can. Now, uh, going into the legislative session here uh, that starts next week, what are some of the things that you would like to see accomplished uh, during this session for the brewing industry? You know, what I'm hearing from, from the brewing industry and from the brewers that are in our organization, that 
the absolute most important thing to them is is that direct retail sale to people that come and visit them at the brewery. They'd like to be able to sell them beer for on-site consumption, sell them beer for off-site consumption. And then for the brew pubs that are in my organization, they'd like to be able to sell you beer for on-site consumption, which they can do right now, but also for off-site consumption. The reality is, you know, the brewers in Georgia would like to be treated like other places that sell beer, and and that's the most important thing at the top of our of our head as far as getting Georgia laws, you know, up to speed. This is something that's legal in 48 states. They have some version of a brewery being able to sell beer, and Georgia and Mississippi are just lagging behind here. Yeah, and, and so it, that's the most important thing. But that doesn't mean it's the only thing we're looking at. And it's interesting because uh, we just talked about in our news section earlier that uh, Foothills Brewing and uh, we had some other companies in North Carolina, they're starting to move into Georgia because the North Carolina laws are much more relaxed than what we have down here. Yeah, North Carolina has done a fantastic job of building a strong brewing economy. You know, the population of North Carolina is just slightly less than ours, but it's similar. And, you know, they've got over 100 breweries now compared to Georgia's 40. And I feel like, you know, Georgia's a great place to open some breweries and possibly open some second facilities of breweries that, you know, had started on the West Coast because Atlanta is a fantastic distribution hub. Nancy, we're going to so, have to take a break here real quick. We'll get we'll get right back to this. You're listening to Beer Guys Radio Show. We're talking to Nancy Palmer, and we will be right back. What's on tap? The Beer Guys know. More after this. It's Aaron and Tim, the Beer Guys. If you're like us, no lunch or dinner is complete without a pint or two of craft beer. Which is why Truck and Tap in downtown Woodstock is always on our list. Tim, why do they call it Truck and Tap? Well, the tap part is easy. They have 12 of them. Bottles, too. Not sure what to drink? All of their beer servers are Cicerone certified. And if you got someone who isn't a beer fan, not to worry. Truck and Tap carries wine, mixed drinks, and even handcrafted sodas. As for the truck part, well, that's when it gets interesting. Truck and Tap features your favorite Atlanta-area food trucks daily. That way, you're getting a different menu every day. Check it out. Truck and Tap in downtown Woodstock. Truckandtap.com. Let them know that the Beer Guys sent you. Welcome back to the Beer Guys Radio Show. It's the Beer Guys Radio Show, and we are talking beer laws, beer legislation, the state of Georgia brewing in 2016. Nancy Palmer is the executive director of the Georgia Craft Brewers Guild. And when we left off in the last segment, we were talking about the difference between Georgia and North Carolina. A lot of new development, a lot of new growth in North Carolina. Not so much here in Georgia because of the brewing laws. One of the things that's interesting is the difference between a brewery itself and a brew pub. There are some separate laws that dictate uh, which is which. Nancy, could you just uh, tell us a little bit about the difference between the two? Yeah, I mean, quickly, the, the easiest way to think about it, right now in Georgia law, a brewery is a, is a factory. It's a beer factory. And they're not allowed to do very much other than make beer. And so most people have been to One Sweetwater, Terrapin. Those are, you know, what we would call a production brewery or a wholesale brewery. They sell all of their beer through wholesale. A brew pub, on the other hand, of which we have 14 in Georgia, we have some fantastic ones. Um, that's a really small manufacturing brewery with lots of limitations on how much they can make and, and how much they can sell. Uh, but it's a, it's a small manufacturer that has a restaurant component to it. And uh, brew pubs in Georgia can sell you a pint of beer across the bar, uh, what they make, but there's no way for them to sell you anything to go. So if you, 
you know, wanted to get a six pack or, you know, a bottle of beer to take home or, you know, take across state lines, that wouldn't, that's not possible at a Georgia brew pub. But that's the main difference is the food component. And that's, uh, that's something definitely looking to, to correct this year uh, with that. Now, Nancy, I do know that we have a bill coming up soon and uh, just wondering with that, when we may hear more information, I know right now we're waiting for that to be presented uh, when we may, may we hear more of the details of what's coming there? Well, you know, we're we're working really hard, and we've got some uh, some great allies in the Georgia State Legislature, and we feel like we've got a, a lot of interest in in helping us out. So, um, you know, session starts next week, and I imagine that right about next week we'll be able to talk some more specifics about exactly what it is that we're looking at to to fix in Georgia. Um, you know, clearly I said that the, the retail sales is, is a huge piece of what we have to do in Georgia, but that there's other things that, that we need to look at. And there's areas where we feel like the industry has been a little overregulated that we'd like to maybe work on either with our regulators or with the legislature as a state may be. And here's the thing, and in, in, in talking to you and in talking to Tim and some other people doing some research, this needs to be a grassroots type of an effort. And and I would urge people that are listening to this here on AM 920, The Answer, even if you're not a beer drinker, this is a an issue that really should pique your interest because we're talking about legislators and lawmakers basically inhibiting the role of small business. What they're trying to do and what these uh, the small brewers and brew pubs are trying to do here in Georgia is just develop their business, grow, and be able to be just like any other business here in the state. Right now, what I'm seeing is that they're not allowed to do that. I would urge really anybody here listening to this uh, radio show to talk to your representative here in the state and see what's going on, see what their feeling is, and really ask them about this because we're talking about a lot of people here who are just people who were in regular jobs, decided to make an investment and try and live the American dream. And Nancy, you'd you'd mentioned before, and Aaron brought up a good point, you know, these these brewers here in the state aren't, we're not talking huge corporations. We've got a couple fairly decent sized breweries here, but this is a small business issue for a lot of this. Uh, most of our brewers in Georgia are, are small family owned businesses. Yeah, I would say that all of our little craft breweries are small family owned businesses. And, and that's why this type of industry is so attractive. Let me give you a little statistic. Uh, if you take the population of Oregon and Colorado, you combine the two of them, right? Now, these are two states that are at the forefront of beer, right? But you take those two states, you you combine the population, you have similar to the legal drinking age population of Georgia. Those two states combined have 14,000 direct brewery and brew pub jobs. In Georgia, we have about 1,300. If we could get those extra 12,700 jobs here in Georgia, we could drop the unemployment rate from 5.9% to 5.6% just with one industry. And let me be clear, because these are small business jobs, because this is small manufacturing, these jobs can't be outsourced. You can't go anywhere. They have to stay here, and they're in every small town in Georgia. And we're talking about leaving a tremendous number of jobs on the table, tremendous amount of tax revenue, and, and it's really hard for your average citizen to understand why we would be doing that. And a lot of the answer is because, well, it's just always been that way. And it's time for us to kind of open our eyes and go, this is a real industry with a lot of potential that's doing a lot of good in other states. And there's no reason why Georgia shouldn't you know, be partaking in that. Yeah, I'm not sure how many people would be against uh, 13,000 jobs uh, here in Georgia. I think we could use all the jobs we can get. Hard to argue with that. Absolutely. Right? So. 
Excellent. We're talking with uh, Nancy Palmer, executive director of the Georgia Craft Brewers Guild, just ahead of the Georgia legislative session that's going on uh, here starting next week uh, about some of the issues in the craft brewing industry. Where do we need to be once this session is over? Oh, I would love to be anywhere better than where we are right now. <laughs> so so I'll call almost anything a victory. But, but I'm telling you, you know, we can – the Georgia state legislature can choose to stand up and do something and stand up for small government and stand up for small business and stand up for deregulation, stand up for industry and manufacturing, or we can choose to do nothing. Craft beer as an entity is going to be fine. And these businesses will go somewhere else and open. We're really at a, at a touch point here where we've got to be uh, changing laws and, and we can't be number 48 you know, every single time something needs to get changed. We've got to get with the program. We've got to change the stuff. We've got to become, you know, a friendly business environment because right now it's hostile. And so, you know, I want to see Georgia get friendly towards craft beer, get friendly towards manufacturing. And uh, anything that we can do at the Georgia State Legislature to make that happen, you know, that's a win for me. And, Nancy, we talked about it briefly. I don't think we got into it specifically, more just uh, the generality of it. So SB 63 was passed and went into effect July 1st. Then the end of September, I believe it was September 26th, there was a policy bulletin issued from the DOR that really made a huge change to what we have there. Can you kind of give us some details as to when that bulletin came out, what it did, how it affected, and kind of the, the, the effects that it had on our brewers here? Yeah, um, we asked the legislature for direct retail sales. And, and ultimately what the legislature was able to work out and give us was something that kind of was that, but not exactly. So we were able to sell that tour, and then you could give away some free beer in accordance with that tour. And for us, what it meant was that for the first time, Georgia breweries be able to give some beer to go. Um, but also the law said that, you know, these aren't retail sales, which, of course, we understood, and that was very important to understand, and also that a, a brewery could charge variable prices for these tours. So you could have a tour with some less expensive beer that you're only going to have on site be one price, and then a tour with some more expensive beer in maybe a six-pack to go would be a different price. And it's a way for brewers to differentiate between a customer that's going to have one pint of something inexpensive and or someone who's going to have, you know, four pints of something that's more expensive. And so that variable pricing was incredibly important. As you can imagine, to any business, being able to charge different prices is very important. And and unfortunately, the Department of Revenue bulletin that came out in September, whereas the department had been okay with that system, they decided that they were not okay with that system. And we had to reverse, and now we couldn't have variable prices for the tours. We had to go back to just the one price deeply affected the way that brewers were doing business. You know, I, people did lose jobs because well, brewers had to cut back their tasting room hours because brewers had to eat a lot of investment that they had made, and that was really unfortunate. I won't mention a specific brewer here. I don't want to, you know, release their information, but I will say that I talked to a brewer that uh, said after SB 63, uh, they saw an extreme increase in their sales. They did expand their brewery, hired more people. Uh, once the policy bulletin came out, they saw a 40 to 50% reduction in tours and ultimately, ultimately revenue uh, in the brewery after that policy bulletin. So this this hurt in very big numbers uh, for these breweries that had, had put out money thinking this law was going to be passed. If they'd be able to do these tours and send people home with beers, they bought equipment, 
uh, increase the size mm-hmm. of their brew houses, and uh, it it really hurt the small business of Georgia, the small brewers. Yeah, and and the way that we're looking at it as a trade organization is not that anybody in particular really messed this up. It's that the system was silly to begin with, right? It was a bad system. Exactly. The tours and the giving away the free beer and the retail and you can charge different parts. The whole thing was kind of a mess. And I think that, that it was confusing for regulators. I think it's very confusing for consumers. Brewers had a hard time with it. The legislature clearly had some questions about, you know, there's some differences in opinion about what the intent of the law was. And so and so now I'm you know, I'm kind of looking at it and the brewers are looking at it going, we clearly need something that is simple and straightforward and, and Georgia's businesses that are breweries need to be treated like other businesses. Because when we carve out these special systems, it's clear that things just go sideways and, and bad things can happen like, you know, misappropriated investments and people getting fired and people losing revenue. Yeah, well, Nancy, this is uh, certainly a very important issue, and uh, we've got to wrap it up. We're coming up to a break, and uh, we will be following this closely. Thank you so much for your time. We really appreciate it. I really appreciate you guys having me, and everybody go out, write your senators, write your representatives, and let them know that you support Georgia Beer. Absolutely. We'll be in touch with this uh, this issue as uh, the weeks go along and the months go along with the Georgia legislative session. You're listening to the Beer Guys Radio Show. I'm Aaron, and that's Tim over there. I'm not Tim. Tim. You're not Tim. Too much killdozer. That's what gives me. Anyway, we're coming back, and we are going to talk to Matt Leff, the founder of Nuit Belge, about an awesome event that's coming to Atlanta. Stay tuned. Want more Beer Guys? Follow Tim and Aaron on Twitter at Beer Guys Radio. The Beer Guys are back after this. This is Tim and Aaron from the Beer Guys, and here's the deal. You've got that one friend, you know, that one you can never shop for. He's got all that cool stuff. Yeah, that guy. Well, we found something that they don't have, but they're going to want. The Atlanta Brew Box is a Georgia craft beer experience to go. Each box contains tour passes, a t-shirt, and a bunch of other swag from our local breweries. It's fully customizable, and starting at only 40 bucks, it's a great gift idea. It's unique, it's fun, and it is Atlanta. Head to BeerGuysRadio.com, click the link on the right-hand side of our webpage, and that will get you there. It's the Atlanta Brew Box, the Georgia Craft Experience in a box. Don't forget to drink local and drink Georgia. Now, back to the Beer Guys. And it's the Beer Guys Radio Show. Welcome back. I'm Aaron. I am Tim. And we are here with a very special guest. Uh, he's got a great event going on in Atlanta on January 23rd. Nui Belge is coming to town. And uh, we are here right now with Matt Leff. He is the founder of of Nui Belge. How are you doing today? Doing excellent. Good afternoon, everybody. Absolutely. Uh, now tell us uh, a little bit about uh, Nui Belge, uh, what's going on, what the event is, and uh, and uh, how it came about. Sure. So Nui Belge actually started up in Nashville uh, this past March. Um, and well, backstory, I actually lived in Atlanta prior to moving here, and that's how I got into the, the beer world. Um, so we started in March. It was extremely successful. And in working with Blackberry Farm on the concept, they said, hey, let's take this on the road and visit some of our favorite Southern cities. Um, and of course, Atlanta was the first one we landed on close to Nashville, close to Blackberry farm and a fantastic beer and food city. Of course. Of course. Absolutely. Now, so, if you're interested in Nui Bells, by the way, I forgot to tell you this. Yes, so. We need to let people know that we have a discount code that you can use to purchase your tickets. Now, general admission tickets are $129, but with the code BGR, you'll get $30 off that and get it for $99. So yes. go to our website or just go to nuibelge.com. 
uh, enter BGR at checkout, and uh, that'll automatically apply that discount for you. You have got an amazing lineup of restaurants. Uh, just to list a few of them, there's a ton of them. To Empire State South, of course, Heirloom Market, Korean Barbecue, which is just right down my alley, Iberian Pig, King & Duke, one of the Ford Fry restaurants around here, Local 3 Bojanic, uh, my wife and my favorite uh, Indian restaurant in the, in the area. Just a ton of great restaurants. Tell me a little bit about what you are doing with these local chefs and uh, pairing it with the beer. Sure. So the, the overall goal of Nui Belge is to really show um, specifically how well Belgian beers pair with incredible cuisine. Um, and we accomplish that, of course, like you said, by bringing incredible chefs and restaurants on board to the event. They all receive their beers in advance of the event. They get to taste them, they get to drink them, and they conceptualize their menus based on drinking those beers. So we have a really nice cross-section of Belgian beers ranging from Abbey Ales to Triples and Belgian darks to sours, really a nice cross-section of Belgian styles. And we let the chefs have fun with it. They get to create exactly what they want with those beers. So all the menus were conceptualized by them drinking the beer, assuming they were available. There was a few special beers, of course, that we couldn't get samples of. But it's, uh, it's a really great concept, and it lets the chefs have a lot of fun, which is important because we're already taking advantage of their time on a very busy schedule but we're giving them an opportunity to really just do whatever they want. We don't give them any guidelines other than taste the beer and make a dish. Yeah, and Matt, I was looking at some of the uh, pairings there online, and the, the food menu is about as diverse as the beer menu well, with the type of cuisines that we'll have there. I think I saw uh, uh, rabbit empanadas, some lamb curry. So uh, lots of choices. going to be a lot of variety uh, to the pairings there. Definitely. It's, it's a really great menu. We have, uh, at this time, every restaurant except for our last-minute bonus edition of Leon's Full Service, every single nice. restaurant's menu is up on the website, so you can go and look at what beers you're going to try and what you're going to eat. Now, now, the, local, so, now the local breweries you had in there, I believe I saw three taverns and creature comforts will have uh, beers, some Georgia Belgian-style beers, correct? Yes. Yep. So Creature Comforts is going to be pouring Bretomatic and Emergence. And then Three Taverns is going to be pouring, um, I believe it's part of their Sour Asylum series. It's their Raspberry Sour. Mm -hmm. And I am. And they're also going to be uh, pouring this year's Theopia and the Recluse as well. Oh, that's definitely right. on my list. I'm looking we had that, that bread-o-matic here last week. We actually had a growler of that that we enjoyed. Yeah, and that's got a nice a funky beer. taste with that yeah. bread on there. It's a, it's a lot of fun. So those really guys nice. are great. Now, Matt, you mentioned to us a little earlier that kind of a special treat for the VIPs is going to be the Blackberry Farm uh, reception. Can you tell us a little bit about Blackberry Farm? Yes. Yeah, so for those not familiar with Blackberry Farm, Blackberry Farm is a beautiful resort in East Tennessee outside of Knoxville. Um, it's a very exclusive place, very pricey, but very incredible. And they have a classic farmhouse style brewery um, that has now become part of Blackberry Farm and, and also was a motivator for Nui Belge to come about. Um, and so our VIP session, which is, of course, sold out, will involve a special tasting of three different beers that I won't go into detail about since we can't sell any more of those tickets. But for the general session, Blackberry Farm will be on the floor with their classic Saison as well as their winter Saison paired with a selection of cheeses and charcuterie that they actually make at the farm. So it's a really rare opportunity for people to experience Blackberry Farm without actually going there. Um, and that is definitely a big highlight of Nui Bell. So we're really excited to work with Blackberry Farm and, of course, the brewery. And uh, you all are in for a big treat when it comes to tasting their beers and, of course, all the uh, the homestead products that they make at the farm. Sounds great. Really looking forward to it. That's I've tried the classic Saison so far and 
Really enjoyed that. So uh, very much looking forward to the event. Yeah, and I'm a big cheese guy, too, so I'm going to be looking forward yeah. to what they've got Saison's there. pair well with cheese, Excellent. charcuterie, and stuff. Yeah. Oh, yeah, you can't go wrong with that. And, and I forgot to mention, outside of all the restaurants and, of course, Blackberry Farm, we also have a raw bar provided by Murder now Point you're talking. Company. Okay. Um, and a huge chocolate tasting by Alvin Sinclair Chocolate out of Nashville. They are traveling to all the cities with us. So there is so much food and so much beer. Bring an appetite. Maybe don't eat lunch. Uh, tell us a little bit about uh, the reception that you've had so far here in the Atlanta area. So so far, we are off to a great start. The VIP session, which is with Blackberry Farm, uh, is actually already sold out. So that's a, always a good sign that people are jumping on it. Obviously, the holidays, everybody had you know holiday brain and the New Year's brain. Um, so we saw a little little break from people making purchases. But since the first of the year, we've seen things really pick up. And we're moving in the right direction. Um, you know, we, we, we're a first year event. We know we're new to town and people want to, uh, you know, they want to feel out the situation, but the good thing is that this is an event that's already occurred. We have a method to our madness and we can assure everybody a really great time. And it is limited in size. We we only have 500 tickets to sell and we're well, well halfway past that point uh, of getting to that goal. So, you know, if you want to be there, the time is probably now to get your tickets. Someone's going to win, of course, tonight, a free pair, which is awesome. Um, but take advantage of that discount code. We really want people to just come on out and experience this. This event is not a beer festival. This is sort of the next level of, of beer festivals and beer pairing events in town. Yeah, it's fancy stuff. I'm actually going to bring my wife. So, you know, we can't go too crazy for that uh, here. So <laughs> we got a driver <laughs> built in. That, quality that, event. That's right. absolutely right. And if, you, and if you'd like to go, uh, you can do a couple of things. You either go to a Nuit Belge uh, slash Atlanta, or you can go to BeerGuysRadio.com. We've got a link there right on the front page. You can click there, get some more information. Of course, use the code BGR to get $30 off of that ticket. Unfortunately, VIP already gone, but the general admission tickets is still got a few of those left. Speaking of, we've got a couple of people, or at least uh, one person that's going to go. Uh, that's right. That? Yeah. We're going to give away a pair of tickets uh, on our show here today. And, man, I believe that you have the, the the magical hat full of names there. So why don't you draw one out and tell us uh, who's going to win this pair of passes. All right. Give me a second here. All right. We are happy to announce that David Schilling nice. will be going to Nui Belge. And I believe David mentioned a very, very good beer in his post. Yes, he did. Blabber, which is an excellent beer. Unfortunately, won't be at Nui Bell. <laughs> that's too, I was hoping it'd be there. I was looking forward <laughs> if, to a few pours there, of that. If it was I think, yeah, you'd have lines out the door for it. So that's it. Great. <laughs> Thanks, Matt. <laughs> Thanks, Matt. Excellent. Cheers. Great to talk to Matt. And the Nui Belge event is uh, going to be a lot of fun. We're going to be there, so I hope to we see you be. guys there, too. So it should be fun. That's going to be great. I love Belgian beers. Sounds like some real nice food there. I know. I be love excellent. food and that oyster bar. Food I'm, and I'm beer. Gonna, I'm going to kill that oyster bar. Anyway, got a couple more minutes left, uh, Tim. What's going on for the rest of the sure. week? Sure. Just give you some quick highlights of a couple of events coming up this week. As we mentioned earlier, Foothills Brewing is coming to Georgia. They'll be having release events all week. Uh, Check our website for details on those events. Uh, Today, you may be a little late to get this, but my friend's Growler Shop is having their second Mm -hmm. anniversary. Cool. Tapping some really nice, uh, unique beers. They're going to have Creature Comfort Southerly Love plus the Guava and Passion Fruit Athena Paradiso, Uh, Orpheus Even the Fury is Wept, Jailhouse Thieves in the Law, now, they're tapping them early, so those yep. may be out by the time you get there, but they said they'll have a lot of other uh, fancy beers and surprises there. So Excellent. check them well, out. happy anniversary to them, Yes, too. absolutely. Good. On Sunday uh, the 10th, Sweetwater's second helping IPA kick the cask party at Staple House. That's going to be at 5.30 p.m. Second helping is an IPA that they do mm-hmm. in conjunction with the Giving Kitchen, yep. and it's, uh, it's meant to uh, develop emergency funds 
for people within the food service industry if they face unexpected hardships. 100% of the profits go to that. So you're drinking beer for a good cause. There. That's always Can't a good thing. That. Yes. So uh, on Monday up, uh, excuse me, that's on Tuesday up Woodstock Way, game night at Reformation. Go on their beer and board games. They'll have cribbage, Monopoly, many more. So check that out up at Reformation. I'm much more likely to go to that than the yoga night they have. The yoga night? Maybe both, Yeah, right? well, there you go. I could do that later. You've got to work the beer off. <laughs> that's so. right. And uh, on Monday, uh, Rep- Representative Brett Harrell mm-hmm. will be doing a Twitter chat with the Georgia Restaurant Association talking about House Bill 535, the brunch bill. Yes. They're going to be doing that from 3 to 4 p.m., answering any questions. Use the hashtag brunch bill chat to participate in that. Yeah, and of course, we just talked to Nancy and a lot of important things going on with the craft beer industry and the restaurant industry coming up in this legislative session that starts on Tuesday. So get on that Twitter chat. Get on your representative Let's make things happen. Let's really grow this industry and get it to where it needs to be here in 2016. All right. Well, Marquise is telling me that it's time to go. It's very sad. We, another, we do need another hour, we do. don't we? Absolutely. I didn't get to talk about beer releases. Look on our website. Check That's it out. right. Check it out, beerguysradio.com. Next week, by the way, we're talking to Patriarch, one of the one of the big guns here in the Atlanta and the Georgia beer scene. Owen Ogletree, we were talking about the past the founder of Classic City Brewfest and Atlantic Haskell Tasting. We're going to talk about the history of brewing here in Atlanta and Georgia. Should be a great time. Thank you so much for listening to the Beer Guys Radio Show. We'll be back next week. You have a good one. Thanks for listening to the Beer Guys Radio Show. Miss a show? All shows are on demand on iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, and wherever you get your podcasts. Follow Tim and Aaron on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Beer Guys Radio. Call the AL line at 678-861-8-AL. More Beer Guys coming up next week. Same time, same place, same tap. Till then, here's to you. The Beer Guys here, and we love beer, obviously. One of our favorites, Belgians. Nuit Belge was one of Nashville's biggest beer events last year, and now it's coming to Atlanta, January 23rd at the Foundry at Puritan Mill downtown. Get ready to sample some unique Belgian and Belgian-inspired beers right alongside some of the area's best local chefs for a unique, upscale beer and food pairing. VIP tickets are already sold out, sorry, and other tickets are going fast. Be sure to reserve your seat today, but use the promo code BG. GR, and that's going to give you $30 off your ticket. Head to nuibelge.com slash Atlanta for tickets and details. That's N-U-I-T-B-E-L-G-E dot com slash Atlanta. And don't forget to use promo code BGR for $30 off. Duke's Mail. Do you get it? Because only the ones that get it really get it. Your friends get it. Your mom gets it. Your grandma gets it. Your neighbors get it. Sometimes a dog gets it. Get out of there. What else? Uh, your potato salads get it. BLTs get it. Tailgates get it. And restaurants get it, too. By now, even you probably get it. So get it today. Made without any sugar since 1917, Dukes is that little southern something that makes good things better. Get Dukes. It's got twang.